Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry to impact your life. So share your story with us at info at And if God is using this ministry to impact you, we would like to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do so online at fellowshipgj.com. Select the giving option that works best for you and help us bring the message of Christ to this community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. I hope you are doing wonderful today. We are continuing this series that we were, we've been in called Put People in Their Place. And last week we took a break from the series when Dr. Bill Ramsey was here uh, bringing a wonderful message about coming out of dark places. How many of you were here for that? Hopefully it was a blessing to you. I know it was a blessing uh, to me for sure. But today we're continuing in, in this series on relationships, put people in their place. And I want to start off here in Genesis chapter 13. It says this, so Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders or, and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. I'm going to read that again just in case you didn't catch that. He's saying, he's saying this, if you, if you go to the left, then I'm going to go to the right. But if you go to the right, I'm going to go to the left. Today I want to speak to you from the subject, listen, we're not that close. We're not that close. I know some of you, your wheels are already turning. What people in your life that, that might need to hear that from you? And this might be a sermon where I might tell you to turn to your neighbor and tell them the title of my sermon. We're not that close. But it could make it really awkward for the next 30 minutes. So let's not do that uh, today. Would you pray with me as we dive into this together? Heavenly Father, we so desperately need your help. We need you to guide us and you to change us. We don't need more uh, of man's words and man's wisdom. What we need is your direction in our life. So today I pray that you'd be with us. I pray you'd remove any distractions. And I pray you'd speak to us right now, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Well, uh, many of you know that I am a diehard sports fan. I love watching baseball. I love watching football from time to time. I'll even watch a basketball game, you know, or, or, but I, I just, I love sports. And one of the things that you could realize by observing sports is that a, a team its success is not just contingent upon who is on the team. Now, it's important who's on the team. But the success of a team is not just contingent on who is on that team. The success of a team is also contingent on where those people are placed. So it's not just the person that's on the team, but it's is the person in the right position. And growing up playing sports, um, uh, I played from being a very young boy and growing up going into uh, like middle school and high school playing different team sports. I know I'm looking at some college athletes in this room uh, right now as I'm talking. I know that there are many of you that have played sports for a long time. And one of the things that you can observe and probably have recognized from being in sports is that there's always someone whose assessment of how they should be placed on the team is different and inconsistent from the assessment of the coach's decision of where they should be placed on the team. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes they think they should be playing more, right? And it could be the parents that are pushing this. They're saying, coach, put my baby in the game, right? That was my mom on the sidelines. Put Danny in the game. I'm like, he's terrible at soccer. He's not gonna play today, right? Yeah. 
It's like, it's, it's inconsistent, my view of, of where I think I should be versus my view of where I am. And it's, sometimes it's not the amount of time that a person gets to spend on a team, but sometimes as well it's their position. You know, believing someone is fit for a, a position that they're not fit for, or, or they, they desire the position, but they're not necessarily developed in order to be able to occupy that position. We, it's a principle that we understand. However, when we look at it, it doesn't matter how much someone desires to be in a specific position on a team because it is the coach's responsibility not to put people where they want to be, but put people where they need to be, right? If a team's going to be successful, people don't just go, get to go everywhere they want to go. They don't just get to be everywhere they want to be. They don't get to just play any role they want to play. They're, each person fits in a specific spot on a team, so it goes with the game of sports, so it goes with the game of life. That there are people in your life that they have an assessment of where they should fit into your life and what role they should have and what level of access they should have. But it is your responsibility not to just give everyone the position that they want in your life, but to make a clear assessment of what position should this person hold in my life. Because if I'm going to be successful, it's not just contingent on who's in my life, it's what position do I have them in in my life. So in this series, we've been talking about put people in your place, and in two weeks ago, we, we really started defining and aligning the category of people that would fit into the, the friendship category of our lives. Not, not based off of what society says, but based off of what the Bible says, what qualifies a person to be a friend? What should I expect of a friend? What should they expect of me? And we, we talked about understanding that because we have to define and align our relationships to put people in the right place. And we looked at Jesus and how Jesus handled his relationships. And if you remember looking at Jesus, we, we, we've realized that we have to treat everyone Biblically, love everyone biblically, value everyone equally, but we have to treat everyone differently. Because sometimes treating people right does not mean treating them the same, and that's what we saw with Jesus. He treated everyone right, but he didn't treat every person the same. There are people that fit into different categories in your life, and they deserve different treatment because there are certain people we shouldn't be investing certain things into and giving certain access to that maybe we should not be giving that to the next category that we're going to talk about today. And that next category is the category of the associate. The associate. Well, what's the associate? The associate is kind of an in-betweener category, right? This is for other people in life because we're talking about an in-betweener. What I mean by that is like someone who's not evil enough to be an enemy, but they're not safe enough to be a friend, right? So somewhere in between there, it's like they're, they're, they're not a bad, like bad for me in a way where they shouldn't be my friend, but at the same time, they're not, they're not safe enough to be my friend either, but these people are in my life. And when I'm talking about the associate category, uh, don't misunderstand that. I'm not saying these people don't have potential to become friends or they don't have potential to become enemies, but these are just kind of like neutral relationships in our life. And we have to learn how to manage them because there could be the fruit there where this could grow into a great friendship in the future. But, but maybe right now that doesn't exist yet. So we look at this category called the associate category. What, what is an associate in my life? Well, uh, the majority of the people that you spend your life with are not in the friendship category. The majority of the people you spend your life with are in this associate category. And we have 
associates that, that come into our lives because our lives intersect either with our schedule or with our interest. And we can spend a lot of time with people, like for instance, coworkers. You can spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week with, with a coworker. That's a lot more than most people spend with their, their spouse. It's more than most people spend with their closest friends and closest family members. Like it, it, That's a lot of time. 40, 50, 60 hours a week you could spend with someone who's just in this associate category. And the problem is, if we don't learn how to draw a line of distinction between is this a friend or just an associate to mine, it can be dangerous to us. It can be dangerous to how we invest our time and how we, we hurt our relationships because sometimes we think just because I'm around someone with a lot of time or because I'm close to someone in proximity, we have the misunderstanding and we, we assume that that must mean we should be close to them emotionally too. And that's not true. If you don't learn how to draw that line of distinction, what you'll start to do is you'll start to uh, give exposure and access to certain places in your life that you should only be giving access to, to close friends. And you'll start inviting associates into certain places that only close friends should be invited into. What I mean by that is like, just because we spend like 40, 50, 60 hours a week at the office together doesn't mean that you're safe to be in my living room. We can be in an environment like the office, but that doesn't mean we need to be in an environment like my living room where you have access to me. So what we need to do is we need to learn how to align and define who are these relationships in my life that they're not necessarily a friend, they're not necessarily an enemy, and what do I do with them? What do I do with them? And I think this story we look at in Genesis chapter 13 with Abram, it really gives us a beautiful picture about how he handled one of his relationships that he recognized was not as close as he thought it was. It was not a friendship. When he came to that realization, he did something that we're gonna look at in Genesis 13. But before we look at that, we're gonna jump back to Genesis 12. Because for a little background, what's taking place right now is God decides he is going to bless a man by the name of Abram. And he says, listen, I am gonna show the world how great I am by how much I bless you. And they go, wait a minute, that, I wanna sign up for that. I wanna be the type of person, God, if you wanna make an example of how awesome you are by blessing someone, me, right? Sign me up for that. I know there's some of you right now, you're like, that's me, I, I, I wanna sign up for that. I wanna volunteer. So he said, I'm gonna blow you up. I'm, I'm gonna glow you up. I'm gonna make you so great that people start looking at you and saying, wait, why does, what is different about you? Who is this God that you serve? I need to know this God that you serve because I want the type of life you have. I want the type of peace you have. I want, I want the good that you have in your life. So God says to Abram, I want you to go outside and look at the sky. He says, you see all the stars? I'm gonna bless you so much that your descendants are gonna be like more than the stars in the sky. You can't even count it. Or like the sand on the shore. You can't even count the sand on the shore. You can't count the descendants that I'm going to make come after your name. I'm going to make you great. So he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to change you. I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to move you. I'm going to start transforming you. So he said, I'm not going to call you Abram, which means father anymore. I'm going to call you Abraham, which means father of many. And then I'm gonna ask you to stop what you're doing in this land here and get up and move to a place I'm gonna show you. You just need to obey me and follow me even though it doesn't make sense. Follow me and I'm gonna show you a new place for you to live. And there are many of you in this room right now that could kind of understand what this feels like. 
that when you start to follow God and, and, and you start to hear his call in your life, you start to feel that draw that you want God in your life, he starts to change you. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna bless you then. And that blessing means I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start changing you. Uh, I, I'm gonna, some of the places where you've been comfortable in the past, you're not gonna be comfortable there anymore. Some of the crowds you used to hang out with might not be comfortable in that crowd anymore. I'm gonna take you to a new place. You're gonna go through transition. And man, what we need to understand about this is the, the call of God on your life is disruptive. When you ask for God to give you clarity and you ask for him to give you vision, it disrupts your life. He's like, I'll do it, but you gotta do life my way. I'll do it, but you gotta follow me. Right, so he's like, I'm about to, I'm about to blow you up, Abram. I'm going to make you Abraham. I'm going to make you great. It's going to be awesome. Here's your glow up you've been hoping for. Now do it my way. And there are so many people who never experience clarity and vision in their life and peace of God in their life because they're unwilling to let God disrupt their plans. But Abram says, I'll let you do it. I want to do it your way. I want to be blessed. So he decides, I'm going to. I'm gonna follow God, and he said for me to get up and go, so I'm gonna get up and go, and he got his wife, and it says here in Genesis chapter 13, verse one, so Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Okay, so God tells Abram, I want you to follow me, I want you to come. So, so Abram, went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Did you catch that? There is nowhere in the text that God says to Abram, I want you to bring Lot with you. You know, nowhere in the text. Like, why did he, he bring him here? It's like, God said, I'm doing something special in your life. I want to move you forward. There's something I want to do for you. And, and yet he, he, brings, he brings a friend, he brings his cousin. What's up with that? It's like, but before we judge him, the truth is, anytime God starts leading you into an uncomfortable future, what all of us have the tendency to do is we try to reach back to something familiar and comfortable from our past and bring it with us. And that's exactly what uh, Abram is doing here with, with Lot. He's going, listen, I, like, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know where I'm going. Would you come with me? I'm, I'm uncomfortable here. This is a little bit strange. Would you, would you come? And he brings Lot. And now see, so Lot's thinking, I, I've got access to this man. Like, like he's blessed. I'm going to be blessed. This is great. This is cool. I'm, uh, like, I, I, I'm close with him. We're, we're tight, right? We're close. We're tight. So he travels with him to a new land. And the Bible says that, that God starts fulfilling his promise and blessing Abraham to the point to where his, his, his herds are growing and expanding. And because of the proximity of God's blessings on Abraham's life, now Lot starts to experience some of the residual effects of that. And now his herds are starting to grow and all that. And the Bible then tells us that they start having conflict because their herds are mixing together. The herdsmen are starting to fight with one another. So now all of a sudden there's tension in the relationship. And th listen to me, this is what happens when you carry a relationship farther than you're supposed to carry it. When you carry something from the past, something that, that you thought was one thing into a place of, of God's preferred future in your life, when you do that, there starts to be tension. There starts to be conflict. See, what we know about Lot is Lot was a good relationship for Abram, but it was not a good relationship for Abraham. Well, what do you mean by that? This was a good relationship for who Abraham. Abram used to be in the past, but where God is bringing Abraham to a new place in the future where he's going to be blessed and have many descendants, he's not a good relationship there. And there are some of you in this room, you recognize you have some friendships in your life for, that those relationships, when, when they're at their best 
it's because you're at your worst. Is there anyone in here that can recognize that that's true? It's like, why is it that I have to, for this relationship to be functional, that means I have to be dysfunctional. And Abraham starts to recognize this. He starts to go, wait a minute, there's tension here. God didn't even tell you to come with me. I shouldn't have even brought you along here. You think you have access to me and you think you're closer to me than you really are. So what he does is what I hope a lot of us can learn how to do in this series is he just goes ahead and addresses the awkwardness. Instead of letting Lot think that they're closer than they really are, he's like, listen, you think that we're close, you think that we're tight, but, but we're not really that close. See, with Sarah, I'm married to her. I have a covenant with her. It doesn't matter how I feel. She's coming with me. She's going to get the blessings. But with you, come on. It's like, there's no covenant here. There's like, there's no vows here. There's no reason. So listen, you think we're close, but we're not that close. So he he tells them just straight up. It's like, this is my plan now. And he says, verse 9, he says, is not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. I think this is funny because it's not like he's fighting for territory, being like, see, I want, uh, I want this land over here, so how about I go over here and you go over there? He, no, he's not committed to trying to get territory. He's trying to commit to putting distance between himself and Lot. And see, that's something a lot of us need to learn because he's saying, listen, we're not as close as we, we thought we were. So for us to be able to keep the relationship that we do have emotionally, I need to put some distance between us. See, this is a metaphor about how you and I handle our relationships and the access of our relationships emotionally. It's like for you and I to, to continue to have the relationship on the level it is, there needs to be some, some distance put between me and you on an emotional level. It's like we can work great at the office together, but I'm not going to just let you have access to every part of my life. Like we can, we can hang out every once in a while, but that doesn't mean that, that you're gonna be the person that I spill all the information in my life to. It's like, he says, we gotta put some distance here. So he wasn't committed so much to, to just like having a piece of land. He's saying, wherever you go, it doesn't matter. You go right, I'll go left. <laughs> you, you go left, I'll go right. But we just, we need to put some distance here. And see, when we look in this story, we can recognize what took place here. Abram realized he had a friend or a person in his life who he thought was a friend. He thought was close. He thought there was the reciprocation. He thought that it should have access to him. And God started moving him in a way where he started recognizing, wait a minute, this friend that I thought was close is not really that close. See, we're not as close as you think we are. So what we need to do is we need to make a little change here. And this is all comes down to defining and aligning our relationships. So since we talked last week about how, how do you uh, define, or two weeks ago, how do you define and align the friendships in our lives? Now I want to talk to you in the brief moments that we have together uh, today. How do you define and align the, um, the associate category in your life? Who are they? Because I got to recognize who are these people so I don't spend all my energy and my investment and my time on people that, that maybe should be getting, my friends should be getting that, but I'm, I'm giving it to people who don't fall into that category. So I want to give you three things. These are three types of associates in our life, three categories. Ready for them? Number one, first one, parasite. Someone say parasite. <laughs> parasite. This first category of the associate is the parasite. What is a parasite? 
A parasite is a biological organism that lives and is sustained at the expense of the host. Now see, this, this doesn't mean a person who makes withdrawals because everyone makes withdrawals. A, a wife makes withdrawals from a husband. A husband makes withdrawals from a wife. Like friends make withdrawals from each other. Coworkers make withdrawals from each other. Family members, like that, that, that's just life. What I'm talking about is, is someone who lives at the expense of the host. That means for, for this relationship to survive, that means I, then I have to die. For this relationship to survive, I have to suffer, right? Like that's a parasitic relationship. Well, what are some some symptoms of a parasite. Well, here's a couple things. A parasite, number one, causes sleep disorders. You know you're in a parasitic relationship with someone if that means you can't rest. You have no rest with them, no, no peace with them. And another symptom of a parasite is teeth grinding. It, this is when you just grind unnecessarily. You're always fighting, always, always just grinding, 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 always trying to fix someone else that you're not responsible for. It, parasites also cause immune system dysfunction. You know, this is when you become more vulnerable to things that you, you should be able to protect yourself from, but you have depleted your defenses because you have used up all that you have on someone that you're not responsible for. So there are people that if you look at in your life, you're going to be able to start to recognize this person in my life that they would fit into that parasitic type of environment, and, and that's, that's a bad thing, right? Like we, we, wanna, we wanna recognize those people for sure, but the, the second category is not necessarily so bad. The second category of a, an associate is the partner. First one's parasite, second one's partner, a partner. And that's a good thing, right? We need partners in life, but there's a difference between a partner and a friend. See, friends build into you. Partners are people that you build with. Friends build into you, but partners are people that you build with. And it's okay to have partnerships, right? It's okay. We, we need people that we work with and that we, I use my gifts to help them and they use their gifts to help me and we're building towards something. That's how businesses grow. That's, you know, that's how teams grow. That's, it's so important that we have those partnerships, but we need to understand that sometimes there's going to be partnerships in, in our life that we have to start recognizing they're not really in my friend category. Like, really, the relationship we have is all based off my gift, and maybe I wouldn't be as close to them as I am if it wasn't for giftedness. And again, this is not a bad thing, but we have to recognize it. Otherwise, we're headed towards heartbreak because we're headed towards a place where now we're going to be expecting the reciprocation of a friend out of someone who's just in my life to build partnership with. And that's an associate, and that's, that's a good thing, right? Another category of associate that's a good thing is, is the pacemaker. Pacemaker, now I'm not saying peacemaker, I'm saying pacemaker. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's the device that goes underneath the skin. I'm sure there's probably, odds are there's probably someone in this room that has one. The device that goes under the skin that would send an electrical impulse to your heart to give you a boost and rejuvenate you, get you going again, give you a jump start, right? And we have certain people in our lives that are pacemakers. Do you know people like that? It's like, here's what we know about a pacemaker though. A pacemaker doesn't go all the time. 
It's not just going, 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 going. It's only going when it's needed. So like just on occasions, it's a good thing for it to give you a jolt and get, get you moving again. And we have relationships of the same way where it's like, do you have those people, you get around them and you're like, wow, I feel good. I'm ready to rock. I'm gonna take on the world. I'm gonna start a new business. I'm gonna go back to school. It's gonna be awesome. It's like, it's that jump that you need. Anyone thinking of that right now? It's like, got people in your life like that? But but here's what you know about a pacemaker. You don't need it going all the time. And sometimes we love the pacemakers in our lives so much that we try to make them friends, but, but we don't necessarily need to make them friends because if you just keep going all the time, all the time, all the time, you can only take so much of that before you're like, whoa, like you need to put the coffee down and let me breathe for a few minutes, okay? So it, it's a lot. And see, we have people in our lives that, that we might try to put into the friend category and expect certain things of because they make us feel good. They give us that jump start that we need again. They give us that boost that we need again. And it's good, but we don't need it all the time. And, and I'm that to certain people, certain people are that to me, but that doesn't mean I am to who I am to everyone or vice versa. It's like sometimes we have people in our lives that they just fit that role of the associate. And it, it, I don't need that all the time because it's like you don't want something under your skin for so long, uh, too long because then it would cause irritation and it cause infection, you know? And sometimes we have to be able to look at our lives and look at the relationships we have in it and say, okay, for me to be successful, it's not just about who's in my life, it's about what position I place them in in my life. So I've got to recognize, is this a friend or, or, or is this an associate? Because I might have to treat them different. I might have to put, just like Abram did, I might have to put a little distance between me and them because I still might need them in my life. They still might be someone who's important to me, but I can't be at a place where where I'm expecting certain things out of them emotionally, expecting certain things access-wise that I can only truly expect from someone from the friendship level. So we have to define and align those relationships. But the truth is, for so many of us, we never do what Abraham did. Because what Abraham did is awkward and it's uncomfortable. Because for some of you, you, you've had relationships in your life for, for years, for decades. You have coworkers that you, you, you've, been, you, you've been trying to build something with, but the truth is it's not building. It's not there. So for many of us, we think this is awkward, it's uncomfortable, it's painful, and we, we never put the distance in place. So we're setting ourselves up over and over again for heartbreak, over and over again for the pain of, uh, of since I have this person in the wrong place, now I feel like I'm not being successful. Now I feel like I'm always emotionally beat down. So what we want to do in this series, this is next week we're going to close the series out talking about the five relationships that every follower needs, the five relationships every person needs. But, but today I want to end this service just praying for you because as we start to look in our lives and we start to recognize there are certain people in my life that I've been expecting to be a friend and they're really not, that hurts. So I wanna pray for you right now that as we start doing this, that God would open our eyes to where we could see what relationships we really do have in our lives. And then in doing that, I would pray that he would heal our hearts from the hurt of, of, of saying, I, I've thought this person was a friend, but I'm recognizing they're really not. I thought I was really closer than this person than I really am. So let me pray for you today before we go because I, I believe that God will give us discernment and wisdom for the future that we can start to align our relationships the right way. And, and as we continue in this series, I, I believe we're getting this information so that we can 
we can start to love people the way that God really wants us to. That we love people biblically, we value people equally, but we treat people differently. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for each and every person here. And I pray that you would open our eyes so that we would treat our relationships the way you want us to. And as right now, there's some of us in this room that are starting to recognize, okay, I have this person or this group of people in my life and I've been expecting them to be one thing, but that's not who they are. That God, I pray that you would heal us from the wounds that we take on in learning that. And I pray that we would start to manage our relationships in ways where where God, we do grow and we do get the friendships that you want us to have and we do have the associates you want us to have and that God, we'd be able to move forward with that without confusing things in such a way where we just start to feel like emotionally life gets difficult. So God, I pray that you'd help us. I pray you bless us, give us wisdom in our relationships, heal our heart, open our eyes, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, I love you, church family. You have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.